The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Have you ever thought about the life you deserve? Well, most of us, when we think about the life we deserve, say, oh, I don't want that life. I want some other life, some life I don't deserve, some life I'd like to have, but not one I really deserve. But our guest today has a different take on it. Dr. Shelley Kerr is the author of 20 books. Her latest and the topic of our discussion today is The Life You Deserve, Step-by-Step to Passion, Purpose, and Profits. Dr. Shelley, as she is affectionately called, is known throughout the world as a leading authority in the field of human potential. A former sales trainer, she spent her early career traveling throughout North America as a top representative for an internationally renowned sales trainer, Tom Hopkins, and motivational speaker, Jim Rohn. For the past decade, she's worked as a life coach, helping thousands to reach their highest potential. And so we are very lucky today to have Dr. Shelley Kerr to talk with us about the life we deserve, that other one that we really deserve. Welcome, Shelley, to the show. We're so glad to be able to talk with you today. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to just jump right in there and uh, ask you some questions. First of all, what I want to know is why this book? Why did you write this particular book? Well, for the last 10 years, I had worked as a hypnotherapist and a life coach, and a lot of that work involved doing past life regressions and then taking people out through hypnosis into their future where they could see themselves living the happiest, most productive, and peaceful lives for themselves that they could. And so this book, The Life You Deserve, is basically the culmination of the last 10 years of work that I've been doing with people, and I think it combines um, a lot of the processes kind of all all under one book that people can use to get going in new directions as we start the new year. Right, and it's a very practical book. helps people really know how to get there. So I want to ask you, um, in, in this whole process of discovering what our role is in the world, destiny flies into the picture in our minds. What, what is destiny, and how much, does, how much say-so does it really have? That is um, an excellent question, Andrea. Um, I had written one of my earlier books. It was called Beyond Reality, Evidence of Parallel Universes. And in that book, I took clients via hypnosis into alternative realities with the idea that according to quantum physics, of course, that we are creating our lives with every decision that we make, and so we are the architects of our reality. And in the book Life You Deserve, I tell the story about um, a few years ago I was invited to India to speak at a World Congress on Past Life Therapy, and while I was there, um, a group of women and I all had some astrology done there where they 
they basically read our naughty leaves and told us our destiny. And some of the things that they told us about ourselves were so um, so specific to myself and the others who had this reading done that it made me start to wonder, you know, are some things truly preordained and really how much control do we have over our destiny or not? And so I've over the course of thinking about that and thinking about my previous views on the world, I kind of I've come to the thought that there must be some kind of mix between the two where the hand of God really does come in, I think, and and decide certain places we're supposed to be, certain people we're supposed to meet, certain things we're supposed to do. But along the way, we have free will and choice. I, I think of it kind of like if you and I were taking a car trip and like let's say we were in Dallas and we were gonna go to Birmingham. You know, we, we know we're going to get to Birmingham, but maybe we don't know which restaurants we're going to stop at or which gas stations we're going to stop at along the way. So maybe some of those things are up to chance. Right, I, th- so I think it's some kind of a... Have some options about. I think so. I mean, of course, then again, this is all my opinion. Sure, I think it's some sure. mix. Well, that's all we got anyway, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Until we get there, that's all we got is opinions. So That's right, that's right. Okay, so how how then does a person come to the... Uh, come to the place where they understand what it is that they want. I mean, I talk to people all the time, ask them, well, what do you want? And they go, well, I don't know what I want. (laughs) So how do people get to know what they want? I think that knowing what we want is probably one of the most difficult things that any of us have to do in this life because even people who are counselors, even myself, you, I'm sure, everyone has come to a point where we have to stop what we're doing and really figure out what we want and realize, hey, maybe we're not asking for what we want. We're just reacting to the world around us. So the book, um, it's based on some work that I did in the Unity Church. I did an eight-week-long course with some people where they actually had to sign a little commitment paper saying, I'm committed to living the life I deserve, and we're going to go through this process of self-discovery. And one of the things that I found was real helpful when working with people is to have them do a values questionnaire. So there's, I've included one in the book, and basically it's like a little quiz you take where you, you start to get in touch with the things that you value because I think that knowing what we want has to begin with going into core belief systems and values, many of which we could have had since childhood or maybe if we were raised in an environment that we did not agree with and maybe our new values are representative of things that you know, that we've learned based on what we previously had that we were not pleased with. And I think people have to get in touch with values first and then start to look at the kind of career options and friendship options and relationship options that coincide with the values that we truly have within ourselves. And it, it is very, very difficult, I think, for people to... It's possible, and yet it's, it's a soul-searching time, and, and for many of us it is difficult to do, but it's certainly doable with a little bit of self-reflection and uh, I think a few honest answers to some questions. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I agree with that. It is absolutely possible for us to find out what we want, and that is the first step, isn't it, to getting what we want, to know what we want. So, okay, so um, passion plays into that then, I guess, and and let's put that, let's turn that on you now. How did you get into the work you're doing? Well, the work that I'm doing now, I it was it was kind of an evolution um, of a series of events that kind of thrust me into this work. I've always been interested in metaphysical things since childhood and studying paranormal and, and things like that. And 
Um, as an adult, I had a, a friend who was killed suddenly in a hiking accident. And I woke up one day, and after learning of his, what I considered his untimely death, again, I, I had to come to terms with the fact that I really do think the Creator has a hand in all of this, and that, of course, we can mourn for people, but there's a reason why people come and go as they will. But at the time, it was very, very difficult for me to deal with, and I carried this grief around for many, many years. And I woke up in a job, you know, I was I was in a job at the time, I should say, um, that, that, that this whole situation made me go, my gosh, you know, I, I can't stand what I'm doing right now. I haven't seen the world. I haven't done the things that I really wanted to do in my life. And so, you know, how am I going to start to change my life? And so I'm very Im- impulsive, probably more than most people, so I just quit my job. <laughs> and then that led to a whole other series of events. I wound up, I had a long illness, and after spending in and out of the hospital for a year, you know, much of the time in and out of surgery and a lot of time for self-reflection during that year, um, all of these things kind of led me into working with other people. After going through different kinds of counseling myself, working some things out for myself, I became interested in hypnotherapy, and I was going to go get a traditional psychology degree. Um, so I, I was pretty immersed in that for about a semester, and I, I was just completely dissatisfied with the curriculum on some level because it it did not take into account the things that are on the unseen level. Like, you know, we have to take statistics and psychology and things like that, and that's fine. There's a place for that, but I think that so much of my own experience, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners can attest to, you know, a lot of our experiences that we have cannot be proven in a laboratory, and they are not documentable. It's beyond that. It has to do with faith and and the miraculous and the things that happen to all of us at an unseen level if we choose to be open to seeing those things. And so um, about that time, it was my dad who saw an advertisement for the American Institute of Holistic Theology, and he said, hey, you ought to look at that. As soon as I saw it, I said, that's it. I dropped the psychology, and I went on and got a, um, a Ph.D. in parapsychic science at AIHD, and it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Going through that curriculum further, you know, as we learn to become counselors and healers for others, you know, we go through a healing ourselves, and each one of those courses just opened doors within me and about things that I knew to be true. And I'm sure this is a similar story to a lot of the people who go to the school. And then through time, you know, I was able to develop my own methods and strategies based on things that had helped me and and a lot of different coursework and seminars and different things that I'd been to. And you look back sometimes on your life and you think all of us have our own cross to bear or our own difficulties that we go through in life. And for myself, I just say, wow, thank God, because I feel like I've had experience from my own level and now through working with over a thousand clients now, which is unbelievable, but you start to just have a compassion for people and you kind of, there's no surprises. I mean, you just start to learn the tools that can hopefully help people get to a better place, just knowing that if we have our darkest hour, that something better is coming. I mean, everything is, comes in waves and cycles, and, and no matter how dark things are for you today, the light will come again, and, and there'll be a purpose behind that and how you can help other people through the things that you go through. And I think all of us who are attracted to this kind of work, and, and a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, feel that same thing. Like, they know they have been through things, and they want to help others, and, and I think those things are often revealed over time and with faith. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And we're going to take a break right now and come back with more. Thank you so much for revealing that pathway. We'll be back in just a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It's a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today with Dr. Shelley Kerr about her book, The Life You Deserve. And uh, during the last segment, you were talking some about your experience at AIHT. And I want to clarify for the listening audience, at, that's the American Institute of Holistic Theology, which is also the sponsor of this program. And um, Shelley's experience is very typical of many people's experience, where you just expand and expand and expand your understanding of yourself and your world, and that helps you to really 
get your toehold into manifesting your own authenticity. So um, I wanted to uh, follow up on that, and I wanted to say, ask if you had anything else to add. You know, you were right in the middle. I had to cut you off there for the break, but um, anything else you want to add to that? I I just have um I just have a real passion for wanting to help people live the life they deserve, really. I mean, to live the best life doing the most authentic things that really make people happy. I think we all deserve to be happy. Right. Whatever that means, you know, and tap into that thing that we really most want and and do activities that bring us joy. I was listening to one of your past shows where you're talking about peace, like peace on earth doesn't that start with ourselves. I totally agree with that, and I, I feel... I want people to be happy and peaceful, whatever that means, and it means something different, I think, to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, you know, you you mentioned the life you deserve, and I, I want to talk about that whole aspect of deserving. In the beginning of the show, I, I said something about how we are afraid to get the life we deserve because we might think that means some kind of punishment. And there are so there is so much thinking out there about... Um, you know, when something bad happens or how we value it as bad, something happens in our lives and we we go, okay, this must be what I've deserved. So how did you come to your concept that we deserve to be happy? Wow. You know, that's an interesting take on it. I I haven't thought about it exactly the way you just put it. I've thought of it more that's about great. we are afraid of success, I think. We're afraid of our own greatness. I haven't thought about the fact that, yeah, maybe people think, yeah, I, bad things happen to me and I deserve that because I did bad to others or whatever. I mean, I think part of the work that I've been helping people with for the last 10 years in past life therapy, people think, well, okay, well, what, why would I want to go back into past lives? You know, it's not about reliving the past or dwelling in the past. It's about healing the past so that we can let go and be in the now and just move forward. And it is, I guess you're right, probably a lot of people think that the things they're getting that are bad, maybe they deserved them. Um, I know that, well, I guess we all probably have thought things like that from time to time when we're in the middle of things. I, I think that only from a perspective of looking back on one's life, you know, myself and I'm sure others included, you can look back on things that happened to you in the past and say, wow, you know, those things really shaped me and made me who I am, and I wouldn't be able to be the person I am today had those things not happened. And I, I would hope that people would get out of this mentality of feeling like they're being punished for things. Um, because I believe in past lives, that's just my, I mean, again, this is another one of these things, right? I can't, I have no proof, but just my understanding of the world is that our soul's are too vast and our experience is too great to just say, hey, this is our only shot at this thing. So if, let's just say, we have lived before, my take on the world is that at some times during our soul's evolution, we've probably been very, very pious and wonderful, and other times we've probably been not so great and everything in between. And so I try to, in my own mind, justify the injustices in the world or deal with things that have happened to me and others, I mean, the things that go on in the world, by just saying, well, you know, everything's happening for a reason, and I'm a soul who's come in here this time to have an experience, and those experiences are going to help me to help others, and think of it more not in the realm, like you said, of good or bad, but getting to that point where we just say these things just are. If there's light, there is a shadow, and how do we bring those things into balance and just know that, you know, every day we're making decisions, and we don't, you know, 
we don't need to dwell. We don't need to feel guilty. We don't need to beat ourselves up over those things in the past. We still deserve to live in the now and move forward and live the life you deserve. I mean, a lot of times I'm counseling people who go through extraordinary pain and suffering and all kinds of things, and I'm trying to tell them, look, you, you, maybe you can't see this from where you're sitting today, but I'm telling you, what if five years, ten years, however many years down the road, you are going to change somebody's life by just being there for them or writing that book or getting out there and doing that thing that you're supposed to do, you will help somebody else. So you turn that, let's say, karma into dharma, and all we have to do is have the proper attitude to kind of transform the negative and bring that what we want to call negative stuff out into the light. And I, I think that's one of the challenges of our existence right now. Right, absolutely. And speaking of that, in your book you talk about how you can actually go through this process of step-by-step process to, as you say, purpose, passion, and profits. Uh, I want to mention two of the steps that you mentioned, gratitude and forgiveness. And so how do those help us to get what we want? Because no matter how bad you think you have it today, you know, maybe you've lost your job, the world's crumbling around you, you know, you got to get it into perspective that guess what? Somebody has it ten times worse. And so you better start, in my opinion, by just looking around at what you have. I mean, we're so worried, particularly in this hopefully not so anymore materialistic society that we've been living in, we're so into looking at what we don't have that we fail to take a look at the things that are right in our field right now that we can truly be thankful for, even if it's just a moment of peace or a meal on the table, you know, a roof over our head or whatever. And from that point, then we can say, okay, now that I've got this, you know, to me, anyone who has their basic necessities met should be thanking God because there's so many people in the world who do not have that right now. And so from there, where else can I go? You know, what else can I do? And a lot of this has to do with, yes, forgiveness. I mean, how am I going to let go of the past if I can't forgive others? And most importantly, what we were just talking about, of course, is forgiving ourselves for things that maybe we didn't think turned out so well and realize, you know, whatever I've been or whatever I've done in the past, I can, I can let those things go by forgiving myself, releasing them, being grateful for everything I have now. And from that moment, turn our attention toward that future and just move forward and be the thing that we want to be rather than what we've been. Right, right. So I guess in the sense that gratitude helps, you know, when I think about gratitude, I think about uh, once upon a time I didn't have this, and now I have it. So that makes me also believe that, well, if I don't now have this one thing that I'm looking for, then one day I'll have that too. Is that part of what you're talking about in terms of gratitude, that if you if, if you recognize that, yes, I do own this stuff, that... I mean, stuff, not stuff, a uh, position, whatever, uh, a relationship, whatever, that that it also helps me bridge the gaps between now and the future in that I can say, well, I didn't, once upon a time I didn't have, I wasn't a therapist, now I'm a therapist, and so one day I can also do this other thing. Does that help? I think that's, absolutely, because we are creators innately. I mean, we can put our minds to something, and go out and get whatever we want. And, you know, when we can accept responsibility for ourselves and realize, you know, even the things we didn't want in our lives, we created those two through certain kinds of thoughts. So let's just change our thoughts, focus on what we want rather than what we don't want, 
And yeah, we can become therapists. We can become, apparently, yes, here we are, Andrea, you're a radio show host. I mean, yeah, we can do whatever we want. Let's just put our minds to what we want and move forward in that direction. And it starts with every little step. And I think from working with people, like I, I was teaching the class once and somebody raised their hand. And Well, I, let me think which class this was. I, I do a workshop on how to write your, your nonfiction book. And so this student raised their hand and said, hey, well, unless I can be on the bestsellers list, then I don't even want to write a book. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, the joy has to come in the doing. And that, does, that means if we want to be an actor, if we can't be Tom Cruise today, maybe we can just be a stage actor in our community theater, but we're getting the joy out of doing it. And we do it by taking that first little step and then the next step and the next step that are leading us in the direction toward what we really want. Right. And like you right. said, bridging the gap. Yep. Yep. And it really is a, a a process of sort of being in the present and also letting go of the past, too. And that whole, whole process is not just visualizing something in the future and looking only at that, but also a process of letting go of the past and being in the present. Yeah, because to get to do the, the steps, to actually do the work toward getting to that thing, you do have to be in the now. Mm-hmm. You know, bless the past and say, you know what, if it wasn't for my past, I wouldn't be here right now, and then release it, and then just start taking these steps. So the book, like a lot of the work that I've done with people in uh, hypnotherapy is having them imagine that they're floating out over a line of light, and I have them float out into their most fantastic future. And then they float down into that, and I say, okay, so now you're in your future. This is exactly where you've always dreamed of being. So now you tell me, because it's already happened, what were the steps that you took to arrive at this moment in the future? And they say, well, you know, I went to the seminar, and then I read the book, and then I did this and that and the other. And they kind of can outline the path that they took, because it all started with the simple steps toward that thing. And so if I can get them to kind of identify that, and then more importantly, when I can get them to come out of that hypnotic state and believe that they deserve to have those wonderful things happen to them for all the things that you and I have been talking about, Andrea. I mean, do they believe they deserve it? Do they believe that they can do it? And will they let go of the fear of failing and or, you know, the fear of success? I really think that's um, something that plagues a lot of people. We're afraid of our own greatness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I want to talk some about that that fear, how how we let go of fear, because that's a big boogaboo, but we're going to do that in another sec- segment. Um, I guess the most important thing for us to understand at this point is that it is possible for us to get what we want, that gratitude and forgiveness, as well as being in the present and letting go of the past, are features of getting what we want. So we'll be back in just a moment with more Authentic Living with Dr. Shelley Kerr. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. Ah! 
There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my PhD in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. What can you tell me about Skills USA? Skills USA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. web at skillsusa.org. Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Dr. Shelley Kerr talking about the book she wrote called The Life You Deserve, Step-by-Step to Passion, Purpose, and Profits. And um, I want to go back to what you mentioned in the first segment about um, the values assessment that you provide to people uh, because you mentioned that it helps them to get in touch with what's truly important to them, but also not to judge it. And, and so what is this thing about judging and values? We do tend to connect those two. We have internal dialogue going on in our minds, like little tapes that we run, maybe stuff that our parents said to us when we were a kid or other people said to us. And sometimes those things are kind of running our lives, and they're giving us a lot of the shoulds, like we should be doing certain things rather than doing whatever we're doing. And one of the – I have a lot of case studies in the book, and one of the favorite ones of mine is this woman – who came to me for counseling, and she was internally beating herself up with these internal tapes 
about the fact that she, she felt like she should really be doing more on her job. Like she was collecting this paycheck, but she didn't really feel like she deserved even being paid because she said, you know, I, I really, I could be doing more, but I just don't do it. I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong with me. And so she was just continually beating herself up. And so I had her take the, the values assessment. And all across the board, the woman really, I mean, it's one thing to value your job. I mean, you can be thankful you got a, you know, a paycheck coming in. But, but her true value was in friends and family and relationship. And those were the things that were truly important to her. The job was kind of, you know, obviously providing a roof over her head. But besides that, she really didn't value it. And so I talked to her about the fact, and we did some processes on the fact that, you know, would it be okay for you to stop beating yourself up over this and just realize, you know, we don't all have to be passionate about our work. I mean, you know, maybe your role in this world is to just, you know, help your friends and be in relationship and things like that. And she said she felt a lot better because we don't need to beat ourselves up. If you're not taking action in certain directions, and I think we've all done that, we we sign up for something or we think we're going to go do something and then we really feel that our heart's not into it. I mean, the heart is the only part of the body that truly knows what we should be doing. So if your heart's not into it, then I would challenge people to take a look at their values and realize that maybe whatever there's something about that situation that obviously does not align with some core value that's within you. And it doesn't matter what your mother thought, what your minister thought, what those kids on the school playground thought. It's all about you and the things that you feel are important for yourself. And there's no need to beat ourselves up over this stuff anymore. Right. And we've so incorporated all that stuff that we don't even know how much of what we think is somebody else's thoughts and how much is our own. Absolutely. So, um, there. There's a process in neurolinguistic programming, which is one of my modalities that I'm trained in, where we, you know, I'd actually have the person um, tell me what that little tape is saying to themselves and then have them imagine that they're going to take it outside of their head and then tell me, okay, whose voice is that that you're hearing? And oftentimes it's a parent or, you know. Mm-hmm. And so by there's processes that you can do to get rid of that little voice, but it's, it's so subconscious and it so drives the decisions and behaviors that a lot of us are doing right now that that it isn't even funny. And I think that's one of the core reasons why some people are unhappy. They don't even realize it, but they're still worrying about what those other people said or trying to keep up with the Joneses when really, you know, they need to only really worry about what they want to do within themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and then that brings up the whole idea of a further judgment that we have on ourselves, and that is that if I'm thinking only about what I want, then does that make me selfish? And I get oh. that one a lot as well. Do you ever hear that? Yes, I do, all the time. Maybe it's because I'm an Aries. And we're at the beginning of the Zodiac, <laughs> so we're kind of into ourselves. Um, okay. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but all my Aries friends, we all have a nice self-esteem. And I think, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the society, I mean, there's one thing. Okay, there's a fine line between acting like a crazy egomaniac and being completely out of control and having a healthy self-esteem. And there's another thing to think about, like, how am I going to help others if I don't first take care of myself? Because you won't be strong enough to help anyone else. Like, when you're in the airplane and the oxygen masks hopefully are not ever dropping, but let's say they did, you know, you have to put your mask on first so then you can help the children. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing. We have to feed ourselves first before we can help others. Absolutely. 
And furthermore, it comes down to this one central theme. If you're not here to be you, then who are you here to be? <laughs> how, can you not, how can you be you and still be out of touch with what you need and what you want? It's the whole focus of your show about how do we be authentically who we are. We aren't our parents. We aren't all those people, whoever they. I, I want to write a book called They, you know, them, <laughs> those people out there. <laughs> because the truth yeah. is, who are they? It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is you. That's right. And and they don't have the answer for you. You are the only one that has those answers because you're the expert on you. Okay, well, I want to move on to another uh, topic, too. The, you talk in the book about overcoming fear, I mean, uh, to release fear, actually. And uh, I, want to, I want to talk just a little bit about that because that's the big boogaboo, isn't it? It's totally, yes. Very, very difficult. Okay, I mean, so eat, how, do, how doable. Do I don't, it's just hard for people, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so how does a person begin to release fear? I th- this is, um, well, with the clients that I work on, a lot of times we'll go into uh, a hypnotic situation. Sometimes these fears, from what I've discovered with my clients, could be traced to different things that went on in past lives. Um, sometimes our fears are connected to other emotions, such as guilt, like maybe we feel guilty over things that happened in the past, and so that's causing this fear that we can't really be whatever we're supposed to be because we owe something to someone else. And so a lot of these things, um, through guided imagery, can be addressed by going through and and doing... I I do, like, um, cord-cutting ceremonies with people, whether it be in this life or others, where we bring the people in front of us on a stage and and we get into a, a situation of blessing them and releasing them and and having dialogue in the person's imagination, if you will, um, that maybe words left unsaid or let's say somebody passed away and we didn't get to say what we needed to say to them. You know, let's bring all those things up into the forefront and, and have those dialogues. And, and oftentimes if they feel like this other person is is the reason why they're not able to move forward, they can have dialogues in their mind where the the person will not only say, yes, I want you to move forward, but they will bless them in that action. And it, it energetically releases the person from the, the pattern. But a lot of the fears that we have are so deeply ingrained that what I found is that they're just multi-tiered. You know, sometimes I think in addition to even hypnotic work, people can journal um, about things that they would like to create and in their minds, like what are the things that are stopping them and, and just kind of do a very free-form association and, and without editing, you know, just letting all of these thoughts and ideas come out without judgment and without worrying how strange they sound. And then these can actually be cleared by doing simple clearing processes in, in therapy. Right, right, absolutely. Okay, so what you're really talking about is an inner journey. Sometimes you can do it with the imagination through through hypnotherapy or NLP, or sometimes you can do it with journaling where you actually um, sort of get in touch with what you want, which tells, and then that tells you where your blocks are to getting that and sort of confront those in a written fashion as well. But it's all an inner journey. It's all you trying to get to know you and what stops you. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right, so we're talking about the inner journey today to to have the life you deserve. 
and um, aligning yourself with with what you deserve is the whole process, sort of getting in touch with that. One of the things you we were talking about during the break was the book of the secret, and one of the things you said was that you thought that uh, you believed the secret t- failed to mention how to go about getting what you want, and we were laughing together saying that was a pretty big lapse there. <laughs> Not No criticism intended, but that's a... That is absolutely what we learn, what a lot of us, and you mentioned that you've had a lot of folks coming in and saying, well, you know, I'm waiting for the for uh, God to sort of drop it in my lap, and you said, no, it doesn't happen that way, and I so agree, it happens through this process of inner work. Would you agree with that? I, I totally agree with that. I think that the secret was a blessing to a lot of people because it opened a lot of people's eyes about the fact that, I am getting what I'm thinking about. There is no doubt about that. But I think some people, unfortunately, misinterpreted that to think that if I sit in my living room and I think that a big sack full of money is going to come land on my porch, that the creator is just going to drop it down on my porch and all my problems are going to be solved. But the thing is that people have to take action. And then I think what happens is, People may know what they want. Maybe they want to get to this lofty goal, but they have no idea how to get there, and they don't realize the little steps, like I talked about earlier, that are going to take them there. And so that's what I'm hoping to help to do in this book. Right, right. So it's a how-to book, very practical assistance. Okay, so um, what what has this, you know, you mentioned also that one of the keys to, to actually getting what we want is doing something. Uh, we hear so much that it's not about doing, it's about being. So help clarify that for us. And we have just a minute before the break, so I'm going to have to come back to it after the break. Well, okay, I, I do readings and I also do hypnotherapy. So a woman had had a reading from me a long time ago. This is the best example I can give. And in the reading, I, she wanted to know if she was going to move, and I said, yeah, I can see you moving. I, I don't remember the whole details of the reading, but about maybe a month later, she wrote me an email and said, hey, you said I was going to move, and I haven't moved yet. And so I asked her a few questions. I said, well, did you get the one ads out? No. Did you drive around the neighborhood to see if any, there's any for rent signs out? No. I mean, you know, I think that's the problem. I mean, you're not going to move unless you get up and go look at something and do something. I mean, God will help everyone who helps themselves by taking a little action. Okay. All right. Well, that clarifies it. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to be back for the last segment, talking to Dr. Shelley Kerr in just a moment. Come back, tune back in. we got more for you. for a transforming world. 7th Wave Network. Over there? Over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn. 
So follow their lead. Take simple everyday moments like sorting laundry or playing on the beach and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with the final ep- uh, segment for uh, talking to Dr. Shelley Care, and uh, we were talking before the break about this whole thing of doing what why doing is so important, and we're going to come back to that. But before we do that, I want to ask you, Shelley, if you will, to tell our listeners about how they can uh, make contact with you. What are you up to these days? That kind of thing. Okay, great. Yeah, my website. Um... Is the best way to reach me. It's ShellyCare.com, which is S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-K-A-E-H-R.com. I'm going to be doing some teleclasses this year, so keep looking at my events page, and in the next few days I'll, I'll have that updated. I'm still on Christmas mode here, but um, yeah. I'll be getting that put up. And then I really, I was telling Andrea off the air that the last couple of years, I was really guided to scale back on my travel schedule and start writing fiction full-time, and so I just sold my 11th novel in two years. So I feel like I'm really where I'm supposed to be. A lot of my novels are not out yet, but they will be, um, you know, well, it's a slow business, but I'm very, very excited. I love doing that, and I'm going to be very excited to start releasing some of that in the future. Okay, that's amazing. 11 novels in two years, that's really some speed writing there. (laughs) 
That's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. I love it. All right. All right. Well, and that's the key, isn't it, loving it? Uh, we were talking during the break also about um, the person you mentioned earlier in the show who, who said that she wasn't going to write until she, until she knew for sure that she was going to have a bestseller. And I was thinking when you said that, that, oh, you're missing out on all the fun of writing because to me that's what writing's all about is writing. You know, yeah, if I get some great things out of it, well, that's great, but the fun is in the writing itself. Absolutely. I mean, particularly with my fiction, I mean, I, I really write to please myself. And if I'm enjoying it and having a good time, then eventually I have to hope that others will enjoy it too. But when I'm creating that, I don't even think about, like, how am I going to sell this or who wants this? And I, I can't say that my whole life hasn't been like that. I think a lot of us have that idea of I need, I need to do something to make money or I need to do this only if it's going to yield a result. But everything we do yields a result eventually. And so that's the thing I want to talk to people about is what is it that would make your heart sing if, that you would do for free if you had all the time in the world and if not, money was no object? And people say, well, gosh, Shelly, you know, that's really hard to do because I've got a job, I've got a family to feed hey, you know what, I don't care if you do it for 10 minutes a day or you only do it every Saturday. You know, just just bringing that joyful activity into your life, however you can squeeze it in at first. But it starts to plant the seed, and it it, it begins to, I, I guess, unfold into that thing that you want. Yep, absolutely. And it, and, and it is that same truth of what um, Joseph Campbell said, which was, follow your bliss and the money will follow, that idea that you, you, you are magnetizing, so to speak, the things that are necessary for you to keep doing what it is that's the most true for you to do. And I so agree with that idea. Whatever we would do for nothing, we, we, that's it. That's the authentic self. That's the authentic mission in life. And, uh, you know, we were talking during the break also about the whole idea of, of, you know, not doing, as you said in the last segment, the person who you were doing the reading for and you told her she was going to move, and then she didn't do anything about it, but was waiting for the move to happen. And I've, I see so many people um, just so struggling with that whole issue of why is it that I can't have what it, what it is that I want to manifest and have it right now? What, what's wrong with me? And that's how they say it. What's wrong with me instead of perhaps what do I need to correct in terms of my doing behavior? I still think it's like what we've been talking about. It may not come to you today, but you have to act as if it will come and kind of let, you know, we, this is all stuff you all have heard. I mean, this is preaching to the choir here, but you must let go of the outcome. And I, I can honestly tell you, I mean, I'm not sure that I was always like that. Even, you know, I have 20 nonfiction books now. I mean, but in, through that journey, because I've been writing for over 25 years now, I've been a newspaper editor and all kinds of stuff. And through that journey, I, don't, I cannot tell you that I was completely detached to a lot of my nonfiction work. But in fiction, I was truly guided. Cancel your travel schedule. Go buy a house and sit there and write fiction. That makes no sense whatsoever. But I felt that I was called to do that, and I have been provided for ever since I did that. So I am able to spend most of my time writing. It's kind of like having a leap of faith and still, like, are my books even out yet two years later? No, there's a couple things out but I have faith they're coming. It's about having almost blind faith and belief in that thing that you so want to do that it wouldn't matter if you're ever going to make a dime out of it because you're doing it because you love it, and the universe will support that. But it takes courage 
I mean, yeah, it takes it courage to step out in that kind of faith. But the thing is, if I can do this, my gosh, everybody can do this. And I just wish mm-hmm. people would find what they love to do, and I think the whole world would transform if we all are like what you had said. We're all in peace. We're all doing our joy. We're bringing value to others through our own joy, and then we can change the world. Right. And that's a shift in consciousness. It's a shift that just says, well, I'm doing what I love, so you can do it too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what we're talking about today is this whole journey of um, going into the inner terrain of yourself, sort of discovering what it is that you want, what keeps you from getting that, be they fears, be they uh, a past that sort of haunts you, be they uh, be that ha- having to do with your values, um, be that the fact that you can't live in the now, whatever it is that's blocking you from having that, you can certainly uh, work with that information. You get information, and if the information itself is not too scary, which is another one of the blocks, we can begin to sort of process through that and, and, and slowly begin to take down some of those blocks and then start doing what you love right now, today. Don't wait. And if you can't figure out what it is that you love, Try it in little things. Try it in the little experiments of every day. Do you want tea or coffee? Do you want a hot dog or a hamburger? Do you like mustard or ketchup? What you know, little things that we just don't pay attention to whether or not we even like these things. Um, which uh, do you, which way do you want to drive to work? Um, who do you want to talk to today? Which task in your job do you want to do first, and then second, then third? Not what do I have to do? What uh, or do I have to get it all done yesterday? But but just to slowly sort of process through and find out what's true for you. And some of that's trial and error. But if you're looking for it and looking for it and looking for it, you will find it. That old adage, seek and you shall find, is really true because uh, your authentic self wants you to have this information. It's not trying to keep it from you. (laughs) It's trying to help you get it. So, um, you know, this is really good information you've given us today, Dr. Uh, Care, and we really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. And there's, I hope that the book has processes that can help people, and I also do coaching as well. But the book is right. designed so that if you read it and if you will do what I'm asking you to do, just a few simple things, I truly believe you can get going, especially as we're heading into 2010. Make it your best year. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is a good time for that resolution to sort of commit to yourself, to, sort of, to get into the process of, of listening to yourself. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Next week, we're going to be talking to uh, Dorothy Ratuzny about your life's purpose and relationships. So tune in again next week, same time. Until then, remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.